Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 40. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and I am flying solo this week on the Help, I Got a Mac podcast. My good friend Chris Biting, of course, he is the co-host, the Mac genius, the guy who is the brains behind the Mac helping operation that we've got going on here. Of course, if you're tuning in for the very first time, this is a podcast devoted to brand new Mac users. That's right. There are a lot of Macintosh podcasts out there, but we keep it basic. We keep it simple. We try to be there for the folks who maybe just unboxed that very first MacBook. I, I, I what is it? iMac, Power Mac Power Book, <laughs> whatever these things are today. MacBook Pros. I guess the Power Books are gone. But anyway, we try to keep it simple. And we try to answer uh, as many questions as we can. Maybe you or somebody out there that has just been thinking about buying a Mac. This is a show perfect for you. You can ask all your questions here. You want to know whether or not you'll be able to run certain applications or if there's maybe a suitable application to replace something that you've been doing on the PC side of things forever. Well, this is a place where you can come and ask your questions. There's a bunch of ways, by the way. A bunch of ways that you can ask your questions for the show. Uh, The preferred method, of course, is to dial in and call. Area code 859-795-4067. That's 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You can call. You can call at 2 o'clock in the morning your time. It doesn't matter because it doesn't ring anywhere. It's just a virtual voicemail hotline that's open 24-7. Again, that's 859-795-4067. You just call and say, hey, my name is so-and-so, and I'm calling from you know, wherever you're from, and I have a question for the Help I Got a Mac podcast. And then you just go on from there, and we will file it for this show, and we will get your question on the air, and we will give you some kind of response. Another way you can, of course, send in your questions is if you wanted to send an email to feedback at gspn.tv. Of course, uh, that stands for Generally Speaking Production Network, gspn.tv. And uh, if you send that, we will try to not necessarily give you some email right back with the question. Uh, We'll do the same thing as if you had left a voicemail. We'll basically just file it away for a future show and try to get it answered in one of our upcoming podcasts. Of course, you can always email me personally if you want to. Uh, That's right. It's not uh, Podcast Network. I apologize. It is uh, the Production Network. Uh, Did I say? Oh, okay. She's actually... Okay, yeah. Some time ago, we maybe I should just address this right now. We are in a live chat room. I am broadcasting out to the entire world. Uh, we existing uh, have an existing three people in the live chat room right now. Uh, several people watching on the video stream. But anyway, uh, things are a little light, a little slow today because uh, we, like I said, we had a last minute cancellation of the co-host. But uh, we'll he'll be back next week. I have lots of great things to share with you though. And I am very excited to uh, explain to you something that I've been doing with my MacBook, something that I've been dreaming of doing, and 
and it made it a reality this week. So I'll tell you what, we've talked enough about how you can contact us. You you can just figure that out. Go to the website. There's a gspn.tv and click on contact and it'll tell you the rest of the ways you can get in touch with us. So let me go ahead and, uh, well, first of all, I just want to tease you for just a minute to stick around for the rest of this podcast. I think it's going to be shorter tonight than it normally will be, uh, normally is. So so hang tight. I'm going to go through a lot of iPhone news real quickly here. However, I want to tell you how I turned my MacBook into a an Apple Macintosh desktop. That's right. I'm going to tell you how I did it and why. All right, but before I do that, I want to uh, give you a little bit of news. First and foremost, uh, just released right before I started recording this podcast, I got news that the iPhone 2.0.2 software update is just now, has just been released today. And of course, this is two weeks in a row, or I don't know if it's two weeks in a row, but two shows relatively close to each other where the news broke right as we were ready to podcast, and that is extremely exciting news. And it is simply stating that it is only bug fixes. And you know what? We certainly could use some fixes to some of the bugs that are in the iPhone. So I got uh, Patrick in the chat room says he's updating as we speak. And uh, I will certainly be updating my iPhone a little later this evening. And uh, I'll let you guys know how it went on the next show. Some other news uh, for Apple regarding the iPhone again, of course. The new iPhone 3G sales, it's uh, been told that they are selling an average of 95 iPhones per day per store. 95 iPhones per day per store. I'm still hearing reports that when you go to the Apple store to buy an iPhone, there is still a line that you have to wait in for as much as an hour to two hours before you can even purchase one of those 95 phones that they have. How crazy is that? I'll tell you, it is an awesome, awesome device. And even with the bug fixes, I will say it's better than any of the other mobile phones on the market. And, uh, you know, there are, of course, some limitations out there. You know, we'd love to be able to record video with it. Uh, We would love to be able to stream live video from it. We would love to be able to uh, do video chat. We'd love to have a higher megapixel camera. But overall, when it's all said and done, the iPhone 3G is an awesome, an awesome cell phone. And, uh, you know, it's only going to get better. Other iPhone news. And this is the last one, I promise. And then I'll give you some iPhone tricks. So, excuse me there. Anyway, uh, other iPhone news. Best Buy is getting ready to start selling the iPhone. That's right. Product for the i the iPhone product is going to go on sale in 965 locations of Best Buy starting on September 7th. And so that is very very awesome news uh, for folks who maybe don't have an i an Apple store nearby, and maybe you know you just have no desire to track down and find out where the um, AT&T store is. So uh, in the future, you'll be able to go to Best Buy and pick up your Apple iPhone. And you know what? I'm very thankful for Apple being able to uh, sell 
or Apple, the Best Buy being able to sell iPhone products. I found it very useful. In fact, recently I purchased my upgrade to Leopard, to the Leopard operating system. I went and purchased that from a Best Buy store because it's about 10 minutes away from my house, whereas driving to the Apple store would have taken me about an hour uh, and 40 minutes round trip. So I saved a lot of gas and time by shopping over at the Best Buy for my upgrade for Leopard operating system for my MacBook. Also, I, I'm getting ready to tell you about a project that I did, turning my MacBook into a desktop. And I just want to share with you that I picked up two other items that I'll tell you about. And they are Apple-specific, Apple-branded items. And, um, you know, I was kind of shocked that they would have, you know, these specific items, but they did. And I was very happy about that. And so I love the fact that Best Buy is selling Apple products. It, it really does mean a lot to me personally. And uh, hopefully that news is, is good for you guys as well. Alrighty, so before we move on to my special project that I want to tell you about this week, I want to share with you, for those of you who have an iPhone, I want to share with you a couple different uh, tricks that you can use on your iPhone. First off is, um, I don't know if you guys have ever done a web clip, and this will work on an iPod Touch or an iPhone, but if you've ever done a web clip, which means that uh, in essence, you, you go into your Safari browser on your iPhone. You go to a website that you happen to pull up quite often. Well, what will happen is if you go to that website and you click on the little plus button, button at the bottom, you can, of course, save a bookmark. But if you actually hit add to home screen, it puts a little icon on your home screen of your iPhone that you can simply click with one press of a button. You are, well, one press of tap of the screen, let's put it that way. With one tap of the screen, it will immediately take you into Safari and open up that web page. Now, there is the ability for anybody who has who maintains a website for you to take a specific sized image, naming it, I think it's Apple Touch or Touch iPod.png. Anyway, there's a special way that you can format a special square image, upload it to your main directory of your site, and when people were to, if people are to um, bookmark your site or add it to their home screen, it will automatically choose that as their home screen icon. And uh, in the chat room, Pups Pals is saying, is it like a favicon? It is very much like a favicon. Uh, but it's it's bigger and, it, and it's specifically for iPhones and, and iPod Touches. However, not every site has this. And let me tell you what's really frustrating. You got this gorgeous phone or this gorgeous iPod Touch that looks super sleek. And you got all these wonderful, very nice, glossy, looking icons and then all of a sudden you go in and you add a um, website to your home page or to your, your home screen and it doesn't have that little icon image that that they made themselves then guess what it does it takes a screen capture of your website and uses that as the icon and that is ugly I mean, it is the ugliest thing you'll ever see in your life. And so I don't even, I, I, I hate, I hate to add web pages that don't have the little icon to my home, to my home screen simply for that purpose. Now, 
Here is a suggestion that works some of the time. <clears throat> if you are on a website that you want to add to the home screen and you don't want the just the big ugly um, screen capture as your icon, if it is possible for you to do this and there's enough data and enough imagery on the website, you can use your, your multi-touch uh, features on your phone to zoom in and what you want to do is find an image somewhere on that web page and zoom in as much as you can by taking your fingers and then spreading them apart zoom in and try to center somewhere on there an image that will help you remind you of that as being you know that that bookmark or that site and once you get that then click on the plus button and add the home page and guess what it will make a much nicer looking icon for you if, depending on how much you're able to zoom in. It doesn't work on all sites uh, and it certainly will not work. Uh, it won't do the screen capture if they do already have their own predetermined um, icon that they, they have you download if they did it the right way. But for those who, who want to add a site like Google Calendar, for, for example, find some place, zoom in really close as far as possible, do a screen capture or do a add to home home screen that way and it will do a much better looking screen capture and of course give you a little bit of an image for your icon so that's one iphone ipod touch tip let me give you one other one okay uh let's see here where is the other one oh this is for iphones only so when you open up your iphone and this will work on both the original iPhone and the 3G iPhone. But when you get your iPhone out of your box, you get this very fancy pair of Apple earbuds. And I love my Apple earbuds, I really do, I think they're great. And when you have an iPhone, you have a little button that you can click on the, uh, the, the, on the wire. And of course, that, that little button is also the place where your microphone is, your microphone sensor. Well, I don't know if everybody knows this, but if you actually squeeze that little place where the microphone is, it's not just a microphone, but it is a little clickable button that you can push. And I think most people already possibly know this, but I don't I didn't know until recently all of the different things that you can do with that little button. And I'd like to just go through a couple with you. First of all, let's just say that somebody upstairs above the studio fell over and knock down a chair. That's what it is, would sound like. I don't hear any blood. Oh, I do hear crying. So I'm gonna pause and I'll be right back. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, that scared me. So I heard this loud, gigantic thump upstairs. And uh, you know, it was, a, it was probably a little bit louder than what you would typically hear as a chair falling over or a stool upstairs falling over. And, uh, you know, I just waited for a minute. I was silent. And then I listened for crying. And sure enough, it came. And it turns out that my daughter was disobeying mommy, unfortunately. And she knocked down the crock pot off of the counter. And of course, you know, the way that she was crying, it sounded as though maybe it had fallen on her or burned her. It did not. The good news is that it didn't. Uh, but it surely scared the living goodnesses out of her. And so uh, she started crying. 
But anyway, I'm just very thankful that nobody was hurt. And so with that, the show shall go on. All right. So we were talking about iPhone buttons. Uh, iPhone or the iPhone button on your your earpiece or your earbuds. And so these are the things that you can do when you're actually on a telephone call. Uh, if you push the button once when the phone is ringing, you can answer a call. If you press the uh, if the phone is ringing and you press the button twice, it will send the call to voicemail. If you press the button once when you're on a call, it will hang up. Of course, that's actually I don't know if I like that one. I don't like I don't know if I like that third one. What if you accidentally press it? while you're talking to somebody and then all of a sudden it hangs up. But anyway, uh, so those are things uh, that you can do when the when a call's coming in. Uh, or I'm sorry, when, yeah, exactly. Let's see here. This is in call while second call is coming in. Okay, so here are some different things that you can do while you're on the phone and a second call happens to be coming in on the other line or on call waiting. You can click once to hold the current call and switch to the new call. You can hold for two seconds and release to ignore the new call. And uh, so those are actually the two things you can do. I didn't know that you could do that. And then, of course, there are some things that you can do when you're not on the phone at all. When the phone features functionality is not being used, uh, of course, I, I knew most of this stuff. But let's just say the phone just happens to, or you have the iPhone and it's just, doing nothing well you should be able to press the button one time and it will activate the ipod and start playing probably the first song i think that that's available Uh, and then of course you can press the uh, button once again to pause any song or if you happen to be listening to a playlist or what have you you should be able to press the button twice and it will skip to the next song So those are just a few things that you can do with your iPhone and just wanted to give you a little bit of additional content since I'm not going to be able to answer too many questions here today. Alrighty, so let's see here. This is the thing I wanted to share with you. This is the heart of this podcast episode and something I've been talking about ever since uh, probably a couple months after I got my MacBook. I started to wonder, I was like, man, maybe I should have got an iMac. I should have got an iMac. And and the reason why is I, I, I don't find that I really need to take my MacBook, my laptop with me a lot anymore. Uh, of course, I, I will tell you, it is kind of nice. I, I do like the fact that I can. And, and probably if I had an iMac... Honestly, when it came time to go somewhere and I wanted to be able to show somebody something, then, um, you know, I, I probably would be like, Ugh, I, I wish I could take it. So so I guess it's, it's a double-edged sword. You know, what do you do when you really wish you had a Mac desktop, but you're stuck with a MacBook? And, you know, the, the thing is, is sometimes you like the idea of having a MacBook, but you know, you, and, and you, you kind of, uh, you're kind of happy that you have it, but you still wish that you had an iMac, and you can't afford two. Well, I found the perfect solution for myself. So basically, I just turned 
my MacBook into a Mac desktop. Now we are recording this live um, on Ustream, and so for those who are here for the live show, I'm going to show you a couple things. First of all, I want to show you this, and what I'm holding up to the camera here is an Apple wireless Bluetooth keyboard. I couldn't believe it. This thing's $79, which I think is a very good value. Uh, and so, anyway, it's it's it. I think it takes three AA batteries. One of the cool things about Apple, when they have products that that require batteries, they ship batteries with it. I I, I think that is just a great things uh, a great thing for a company to do. So anyway, um, yeah, Apple wireless keyboard. And it's Bluetooth. And I really like the fact that it's Bluetooth because there's no dongle hanging out of my MacBook. And there's no dongle taking up a very, um, very, very nice um, USB port. The only thing I don't like about the uh, Apple wireless key, Bluetooth wireless keyboard is they didn't have the extended version with, you know, the page up, page down and, and all that stuff and the numeric pad. I really, really, really wanted the numeric pad. But at the same time, I really uh, want to be able to carry the uh, the the wireless keyboard with me inside my my laptop case, and so I'm sure there'll be times when when that's going to come in handy. The fact that it's small, uh, but I'll, I'll just get used to using the numbers at the top. Unfortunately, all right. The other thing that I went out and got and is the wireless uh, Apple Mighty Mouse. And it, it looks like a one-button Apple mouse, but in fact, it is not. It actually is able to sense whether or not you're pushing the button on the right or on the or the mouse on the right or the left, and it will do the right clicks and left clicks accordingly. And of course, um, I love, you know, of course, I've been using mice for computers forever, ever since they've been out. And... I loved when they introduced the scroll wheel, but there is absolutely nothing out there that compares to the little trackball that is used for scrolling on the the Mighty Mouse. It is amazing, and I absolutely love it. One of the other things that through this process um, that I'm using now that I never used before were are two features. Uh, let's see here. First off is um, if there are two buttons on the sides of this mouse, one on the left and one on the right, and this isn't like the right button, left button on a normal mouse. These, these are like, I mean, on the side sides. If you squeeze the mouse and kind of like squeeze those two buttons together, it does that view that you're able to do on your keyboard where, and um, I think it's different on each keyboard, to be honest with you, but on F3 on the wireless keyboard, but I think it's different on the, on the MacBook, but anyway, there's a key there's a keystroke that you can do, where if you have a bunch of different windows open, it will it will separate it out in such a view that it will show every window that's open on your desktop, and of course it it, it does it in a really nice way, and then you can click down on whatever window it is you really want to work on at that time, and and you go to you go to town. That's a feature I never used until I got this Mighty Mouse, because now it's as simple as a squeeze of the mouse and it pulls it right up for me, and, and it's right there. And, and so just the introduction of the mouse has caused me to use that. And then, of course, there's another functionality. You can program, like if you hold, put your finger on 
the scroll button and then you click down um, by default I think it pulls up the dashboard uh, I think it's called the dashboard that isn't it I think so yeah the yes the dashboard which is where all your widgets are and I'll that the dashboard again something I never used I never used the dashboard but now that I have such easy access to it I can make it come up and go away with just uh, clicking down on it I love it it matter of fact I've installed a couple widgets and just to tell you I've got the dig widget up so that tells me you know the most recent technology news and all that stuff and and I, I kind of like having the technology news up there uh, I've got my Google reader it tells me how many unread items I have and all I have to do is click on that and it'll it'll pull up my Google reader so I can see all my friends that posted new blog entries uh, I have some hex color and R RGB color coatings so I do a lot of web development for podcasting and in my consulting work and I want to change colors and I need to convert hex colors over to RGB colors and and all these other things for for programming in HTML and CSS and so uh, I have a couple widgets that allow me to do that I got a calculator I got a calendar I've got a but a controller for my iTunes I got a dictionary widget and I even have the Doppler radar for our local area so I can see storms that are coming through and it also is able to show me you know uh, severe weather alerts and stuff so so I like it um, so those are just two features now of course those features are available just because are 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 good for me just because are, are available to me just because I got the keyboard the wireless keyboard and the uh, Bluetooth wireless mouse so the next thing I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to work off of my 19 inch widescreen LCD monitor and of course I have the little dongle for the mini DVI to turn that to a, a HDMI cable outlet and I plugged that in I plugged in my monitor as a secondary or extended monitor and of course by default it just pulls up you know as a secondary monitor well one of the things that I decided to do is I it's like okay I I would love I wouldn't mind having a two monitor setup where the MacBook is kind of like the secondary screen but my 19 inch screen the the screen that you know is my flat panel monitor I want that to be the main display for my Mac and I would love to make the other the the MacBook the secondary well it's not possible at least it wasn't for any any way shape or form that I could see how to do it so um, the, the thing I was able to do is find out how to go in to the desktop or the screen yeah, displays. I went into the display properties by going into the Apple icon system preference and then clicking on displays. And then once I went in there, I was able to tell it to mirror, mirror the displays versus doing an extended secondary display. Uh, secondary display is where basically you kind of get a whole, you extend your desktop out over the course of a whole entire other monitor. Uh, mirrored, however, is where the same thing that's on the display on the MacBook is exactly the same thing that's going to be showing on the external monitor. Now, why would you have mirrored mode? Well, there are a couple reasons. One is if you're hooking up to a, a projector so that you can do a presentation and you could actually be seeing exactly on your MacBook exactly what it is everybody's seeing the presentation is seeing. Um, however, there is another reason 
and it's a reason that I had to resort to, is that, well, number one, I want my monitor, my 19-inch monitor, to be my main Apple display with my wireless keyboard and mouse. And so <clears throat> I was able to do that So using the mirror mode. And so because it's mirroring what's on the display on the MacBook, I'm able to get my, de- my I'm able to see my dock at the bottom and I'm able to see my menu bar at the top. So everything's going pretty good, except for the fact now I've got this display off to the left that kind of distracts me a little bit. And it's and it's doing the same exact thing that I'm doing on my big monitor. Well, I decide, OK, I'll, I'll deal with that in a little bit. But before I could get to, you know, thinking about what am I going to do about that, I started to notice something. It didn't look the, the 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 display when I had it in mirror mode did not look as good as the display did when it was in secondary or extended mode, and the reason why is because my monitor's native resolution for high high definition look and feel is fourteen forty by nine hundred, and when I was in extended display, it showed everything in that resolution. But when I put it in mirror mode, mirroring exactly what's on the MacBook, what happened was the MacBook's uh, maximum screen size or display or or uh, setting for um, resolution. Thank you. Anyway, for resolution is twelve eighty. No, to do do do. Okay, what is it again? I've got it right here. Twelve. Yeah, twelve eighty by eight hundred. And so it basically doesn't look as good on my 19-inch display that does 14400 or 1440 by 900. And so I could not figure out why it wouldn't allow me to do this. Did some poking around on the internet, and I learned a way to use my MacBook where my 19-inch display is my primary monitor, meaning that I have access to my menu bar at the top and my dock down at the bottom, and the ability to display it at the nice resolution of 1440 by 900. And here's what I had to do. I had to hook up my external monitor, go into preferences, turn it on mirror mode, and then I needed to close my MacBook and let it go to sleep. So not shutting it down, but just closing the lid so it'll go to sleep. Now, I usually use this program called Insomnia X that keeps my MacBook from going to sleep when I close it because there are a lot of times, I've covered that a long time ago. If anybody wants to know about that software, just call in and we'll talk about it again. But anyway, I had to disable that so that when I close the lid, my MacBook would just go to sleep. Now, here's the situation. If you plug in any USB device or unplug any USB device, when your MacBook is closed, and asleep, it will automatically launch the MacBook. It will turn on. And so, in essence, if you leave the MacBook lid closed and you have the screen, the external screen attached and it's in mirror mode, you just plug in any USB device and it will immediately wake the computer. Your main, The MacBook, again, is closed. The display pulls up. The mouse and external mouse and keyboard are working perfectly, and the display is working perfectly. You can then go into system preferences. You can go to displays, and you can change the resolution on your secondary on your 19-inch monitor to 1440 by 900 with no 
problem at all. And so therefore, what I've done is I have basically pulled up a little box and I'll eventually probably get a little table or something. Uh, but over here off to the side of my desk, I have a little box with my MacBook sitting on it with the lid closed. And it's got basically just the the monitor cable plugged in. It has um, it has a USB cable plugged in to a USB dock, so that I just have to unplug the or USB hub, I should say. So I only have to unplug and plug in one USB device, and then uh, beyond that, it has the power cord, and I think that's it. Oh, and and um, if I wanted to play through my computer speakers and my and my soundboard, I, I plug in the headphones, and so. Now, in essence, I don't have a MacBook sitting on my desk anywhere. It's actually off to the side sitting on a little table, uh, a virtual table anyway. And now, in front of me, I have a 19-inch display. I have a wireless Bluetooth keyboard, a wireless Bluetooth mouse, and I am using my MacBook as my desktop computer on my desk. I love it. And, you know, I would be upset if, you know, I would really be upset if I was not able to use a second monitor. I would love the ability to use a second monitor with my MacBook or with my my Mac set up here. But you know what? With the with the use of spaces now, I don't even find that I even desire it because I I've got it set up so quickly that I or so easily to to, to change through as much as 16 different spaces or 16 different virtual desktops and I'm able to switch through them with no hesitation whatsoever, it's like, this is awesome. I really love it. And you know what? I'm falling more and more in love with my Mac and I'm finding now that I'm actually even using Parallels more often. And, because, and, I, and of course, I've set Parallels to open up in a separate space automatically all the time. And so now, you know, if I hit con- Command 3, it always opens up Parallels for me. And, and it's, it's like that's my PC computer. And it's just really awesome. I really enjoy this setup. And it's how I converted my MacBook into a desktop. And you know what? There's already been times when I've needed to take my MacBook with me places. And when I do, I just simply unplug the external monitor. Um, I unplug the power cable. I unplug the USB hub. And I put my, of course, I actually do make sure that I I shut it down or something like that if I'm transporting it because I want to make sure it's not running. But anyway, I make sure it's shut down. And then I just put it in my laptop bag and I go on my merry way. And when I get where I'm going, I, you know, I'm able to use my MacBook as a laptop just like I normally would. And so that's pretty much what I've been up to. And so I thought I would share those things with you. And uh, let's see here. Just give you a little news update. I've been kind of following the chat room as much as possible. And it looks like Patrick has uh, successfully upgraded his iPhone. And I think I saw him say something about the fact that it seems like the accelerometer view change in the um, Safari browser seems to be working a little bit more fluidly for him, and he also says the iPhone just se- just has a a little bit more of a snappier feel to it, um, and so that's good. I'm I'm very glad glad to hear that. He says also the mail app was hanging on the iPhone; it seemed a little uh, buggy, and uh, especially before at checking the mail, 
and uh, sometimes he actually had to shut the iPhone down uh, to stop the process. You know what? I've had that issue before, and so if it's it's working and fixing a lot of those bugs, I'm very, very thankful to hear that. Well, folks, that is pretty much all I'm going to share because I'm here by myself uh, in the studio. I don't have my, my co-host with me. Uh, like I said, he got stuck at work tonight, and so uh, not a huge issue. Want to say thank you to everybody out there who is listening and subscribed to the Help I Got a Mac podcast. Next time you go to the Apple Store or Best Buy and any place where they're buying Apple products, ask them if they're new to the Apple, and then tell them if they are. Go over to HelpIGotAMac.com, and uh, I've been doing that whenever I go to the see somebody that's looking at Mac computers, and and we pick up a new listener here and there that way. So, with that. And uh, thank you. And of course, like I said, I'm going to go ahead and play this music one more time. But anyway, um, the other thing is, is don't forget to give us a call. We need your questions. Area code 859-795-4067. And uh, the last thing I'll say is this program is only made possible by the fact that we have GSPN.TV Plus members. This week, I am very happy to say that Patrick, who is in our chat room every week, he just became... Plus member number 140. And uh, very much appreciate that. And uh, if you want more details, go to gspn.tv slash plus.